And so it has come to this. I uh, am one of the lucky people in the world. I found something I always wanted to do, and I have enjoyed every single minute of it. I want to thank the gentleman who shared this stage with me for 30 years, Mr. Ed McMahon. Mr. Doc Severinsen. You people watching, I can only tell you that it has been an honor and a privilege to come into your homes all these years and entertain you. And I hope when I find something that I want to do and I think you will like and come back that you'll be as gracious inviting me into your home as you have been. I bid you a very heartfelt good night. Hi, this is Tom Dreesen. You're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, along with Tony Figaro and Donna Allen, as we bring you this week in TV history. And Tony's segment, as always, is brought to us by our friends at Story Salon, Southern California's longest-running, regularly performing live storytelling ensemble with live shows every Wednesday night here in Studio City, as well as every Friday night on the radio, internetvoicesradio.com. For more on Story Salon, go to storysalon.com. What do you have for us today? We have Johnny Carson's final Tonight Show. And I believe on his last show, he did mention, yeah, he did mention, he said, oh, what, what am I going to do when I leave The Tonight Show? I'm going to join the cast of Murphy Brown and be a surrogate father to that baby. And he said, I would like to thank the vice president for making my final weeks here so fruitful. <laughs> and what, it was, uh, he said that he had, he had done The Tonight Show under, I think it was five presidents, and fortunately for comedy, seven vice presidents. Yes. I, I, I might have the numbers wrong, but that was uh, over his tenure, which, I mean, when we look back at his uh, reign of the, the Tonight Show franchise, I mean, he was there when John F. Kennedy was president, Lyndon Johnson. Seven presidents. Seven presidents. I was right. Seven presidents seven, and then uh, eight vice presidents. Eight vice presidents, yeah. And so he was very grateful for uh, the contributions yeah. that the vice presidents have made. Yeah, he, took, uh, he, he went on the air when JFK was still in the White House. Yeah. And he left the air when George Bush, Bush won. Yeah, Bush won. H.W. Bush. George H.W. Bush. George H.W. Bush. And so almost at the end. Yeah, kind of the end by yes. then, yes. Yeah, but remember, Johnny Carson is one of only five, some people would argue six men who have hosted The Tonight Show, and Johnny has been there, was there for the majority of it. How many years? Uh, 30, just short of just 30. Short of, just short of 30. Uh, NBC, because the Olympics were coming up, uh, they wanted to end The Tonight Show, because it would have been preempted because of the Olympics, right. and they did not want to do the handoff in the fall, right. which October, I believe, would have been his 30th. October 1st, 92, would have been 30 years. To the yeah. Day. So they just, they ended it with the season, May sweeps. And the idea was that, you know, all through the month of May, there were going to be big time uh, celebrities on the show saying goodbye to Johnny. And of course, when May began, it began with the riots. Right. Yeah. And so there were several Tonight Show episodes that did not uh, air. Uh, I think the only one who actually uh, did shows was Arsenio at the time, and that was with uh, heavy insurance waivers uh, because they did want to uh, bring in people from the first day in the church, and they had to sign because they were afraid that the, the, the trouble would reach Paramount Studios. And NBC, even though it was in Burbank, they were fearful, you know, having audiences waiting out front and, and uh, just for fear of... And during the riots, there was a curfew here in Los Angeles. Yeah, there was a curfew, so. and anything could have happened that could have preempted the show. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that, that was uh, a hard part. Uh, there were a lot of material uh, about the riots afterwards. I think uh, Robin Williams, who did the show, the penultimate show, mm -hmm. said, yeah, I was going to give you a VCR, but the store seemed to be out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember when Johnny died, we went to the museum, when it was still the Museum of Television and Radio, mm -hmm. and they did a tribute to Johnny Carson, and they were airing in their big theater nonstop uh, Johnny Carson stuff, uh, his appearance on the Jack Benny show, early uh, Carson shows, pre-Tonight Show stuff. And they showed the uh, second to last Tonight Show with Bette Midler and Robin oh, Williams. Mm -hmm. And there were people behind me who were old enough to remember when Johnny Carson hosted the Tonight Show, but didn't get the joke about the VCR. <laughs> and I had to lean my head back and whisper, it was right after the riots. Oh, okay. Because they completely forgot yeah. history. Uh, Ed McMahon had once said that you could do a history, a U.S. history lesson just based off of Johnny's monologues from over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Because he would talk about, and he was, I think, very respectful and reverent and, and, and balanced. And he was coming in after Jack Parr's tenure, where Jack Parr was a, a little bit more, I would say, opinionated. And, and Johnny, I don't think Johnny could pull off what Jack Parr did, but and he didn't want to pull off what Jack Parr and did. And Jack Parr couldn't do what Johnny did. Yeah, they were very different. And Johnny had said in interviews later on, uh, just on the subject of comedy, that he was very concerned about becoming a topical comedian because he felt that if you if you kind of went that route. Uh, you're just one step away of being a commentator, and you lose your humorous edge. I think there's a lot of truth to that matter. He was referring specifically to Mort Saul, yeah. but I think you could say the same now about Janine Garofalo and Dennis Miller and a lot of other people uh, that just lose the point that they're there to be funny. Yeah, well, he, they're there to be funny, and he understood yeah. that he is, well, as David Letterman put it, he is tucking America to bed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are watching him, having watched the news, they're, they're getting ready to end their day, and I mean, not, not necessarily, you know, trying to make people comfortable, but understanding that people are watching him are winding down. So he's yeah. touching on things, you know, like a Dan Quayle, like whether it's Gerald Ford, you know, falling, falling down. down. He's poking fun at things, but also you just kind of you know, do the one-liner and then move on to something else. Yeah. When he did want to say something, he could say it, and people knew that he was serious about yeah. it. If there was a statistic or if there was uh, some bit of information that was happening, he could let you know that this is no joking matter yeah. or he doesn't like this. Uh, sometimes it was a personal thing. Um when uh, the tabloids were saying some uh, not-so-nice things about him, and he looked right into the camera and, 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 and called them a few names, and yeah. he said, yeah, and this is slander, and if you want, you can sue me. I think he was very uh, uh, helpful with Michael Landon, who was having the same problems at the time, and giving Michael Landon a forum which he could also say, this is crap, I believe was his exact words <laughs> when he was bringing up some of the stuff there. So he did have those points. I think Letterman started out that way, and, and definitely has shifted, but uh, I would say if you're doing a talk show and you saw 9-11 happen from your window, you have every right to Absolutely. become a little bit more opinionated. Absolutely. I think that also had an impact on Jon Stewart, as it did on a lot of people who, you know, that they felt, I 
do have a forum here, and I, I do need to uh, use this responsibly and, and, and take it seriously at times, even if I'm doing comedy. Uh, Johnny also, you know, he was he was uh, he was the host of the show when when uh, Kennedy was uh, shot, and uh, he had actually had talked about he was interviewed after 9/11. Well, what was it like when this happened and you were doing? He was actually uh, flying his plane when he when he got the news and, w- and was brought in. But the show was preempted for several days, yeah. and it was more as you know, was he, virtually everything. everything yeah. And but he was more kind of you know bringing up America's you know li- lifting up America's morale. As we are recording this, it's a couple of days before the premiere of the highly anticipated uh, two-hour edition of American Masters, Johnny Carson King, a late night, which features among other things some rare audio uh, from Johnny's uh, first broadcast of October tenth, uh, nineteen sixty-two. Speaking of which, which is courtesy of our friend. Phil Grice. Grice, and when we reran our tribute to Johnny a couple weeks ago, Phil talked about how much of the first uh, six, seven years of the NBC shows were erased at a cost-cutting budget, and then when Johnny in 72 decided everything was going to be preserved, he not only saw to it that all of his uh, Tonight shows from 72 on were preserved, he went to great lengths, mm-hmm. I mean, but basically it is her literally hermetically sealed there's a salt mine yeah. that was converted into a vault where uh, a lot of the studios use similar facilities away geographically away from hollywood yeah. you know if we ever have an earthquake or something like that uh so this stuff is very top secret nobody knows exactly where these places are and and that's where johnny has all of the stuff from 1972 on so 20 years of the 30-year history uh, and I think it was uh, Mr. Grice that brought up the fact that erasing these tapes looked good on paper. Yeah, they didn't really save anything, uh, and it 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 is also uh, amazing that when this was happening with Johnny and and before that uh, Jack Parr and Steve Allen, which some of the stuff is around, some of it's not, and Ernie Kovacs, you know, this is only uh, this is a less than a decade after Desi Arnaz decided, you know, we should film I Love Lucy so we can save it for posterity and have quality reruns and everyone can have the same quality. So the concept of preserving television shows, knowing that people might want to see these in the future, was already established about a decade before Johnny took over. And the fact that the bean counters really wanted to uh, just show the brass that, look at how we're saving money. But real in reality, they weren't. Some things never change. Yeah, and it, and it's still an issue now. So it, it's important that that stuff is still out there, that we could still see it. Uh, I talked to people who weren't around now when Johnny Carson, you know, or they were very small when he, and they watched some of the stuff that's been, you know, that Carson has put out, the Carson family has put out on DVD. And it is wonderful stuff, uh, especially some of the uh, black and white stuff that somehow survived. And I'm not just talking about the Ed Ames Tomahawk toss, yeah. which is very memorable. <laughs> yes. But uh, just uh, singing a duet with Pearl Bailey, mm-hmm. which was a big deal. Uh, and then, you know, Pearl Bailey kissing him on TV at that time, which was rather controversial. You just didn't do that. And then while they're singing, he said, don't worry, Johnny, nobody's watching us on this channel anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and just having that or just having some of the figures that he got to interview at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then if you look at from a history of entertainment, how many careers started because of their appearance on The Tonight Show. Just comedians alone. We could spend an hour on that. We could spend an hour on that. that. 
how much of Tom, his... Tom Dreesen wrote a book on that. Yeah, Tom Dreesen wrote a book on... <laughs> yes. An excellent book, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, how, you know, other... You know, how, how many people were exposed to Broadway-caliber productions mm -hmm. because they saw it on The Tonight Show? Shows that may not have made PBS, but you could have seen, you know, like the cast of Camelot on The Tonight Show or, uh, you know, any, any Broadway production that, you know, was in New York at the time and then later that you know, would have uh, had the touring company come through L.A. or the local company. How many times were people exposed to that? Uh, how, how many candidates that uh, either made it into higher office or did not make it? How many candidates, how many ex-political uh, figures, you know, made it on The Tonight Show promoting their book, saying, with, you know, how many, how many quotable things were just there under his tenure? I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. And it was very, very sad for those of us who, I mean, we all grew up, we don't remember when Johnny started, but we all remember that Friday when mm -hmm. the last show aired. Johnny had always been there. Yeah. I mean, other hosts came, they went. Johnny was consistent. He was, he was always there. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Grasshopper, the virtual phone system designed for entrepreneurs. Go to trygrasshopper.com forward slash TV Confidential, try grasshopper.com forward slash TV Confidential and save $50 on your order. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415 415- 886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.